The Florida Gators have once again gotten active in the transfer portal with two new additions to the roster. We'll talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and giants country of SI.com. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Also, before we get into it, like, subscribe, comment, uh, join the Locked On Gators Discord, which is in the description below. Uh, leave a review, yada, yada, yada. Let's get into it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about just the Florida Gators adding two new players to the transfer portal. Two players that I'm excited for if it works out the way that I think it will, we'll talk about who committed first, which is running back Cameron Carroll from Tulane in his career, by the way, 2021 hurt, didn't play. Stop worrying about his, uh, I think it was like three yards this year that he had. No, uh, but Cam Carroll over 1600 rushing yards in his career at Tulane, 200 plus receiving yards. Uh, wasn't really used as a pass catcher much until 2021 when he had a good year, which was also the year where he picked up the majority of his rushing yards. 24 total touchdowns at Tulane between rushing and receiving, not a special teamer, was out hurt in 2021. Um, I am interested to see what the idea or what the goal or what the plan is, whatever you want to call it. I'm interested to see just how involved Cameron Carroll is going to be in this offense because it's just one of those situations where, if I'm not mistaken, this is his last year of eligibility. So he's, and if he's planning on going to the NFL, which he should, I mean, if you have that kind of production, I don't care if you're a Tulane, if you have that kind of production, you can find a spot to get on the field and get some playing time on a national stage and potentially go to the NFL. So you should be trying to do that. So let's assume Cam Carroll wants to go to the NFL. This is the last year of eligibility. He's stepping up from Tulane to any SEC team, but the Florida Gators are the SEC team that we're talking about specifically here. And I'm curious to know what his plan is because and we had this discussion in the Lockdown Gators Discord where you're one running back away from being screwed. You are. You lost Naquan. You lost uh, Lorenzo Lingard. You added Trayon Webb, but are you sure he's ready to play for the Florida Gators right now? We'll see. But Cam Carroll also adds that dual threat ability that Naquan Wright presented, but Naquan Wright wasn't used much by this coaching staff in this offense. And we spoke about this yesterday with John Garcia when talking about Anthony Carey because he was like, oh, Anthony Carey is this dual threat running back. He can run the ball. He's a great pass catcher. You can put him at the slot. You can put him out wide. You can do all of that with Cam Carroll. And then the discussion was, is Billy Napier 
not interested in using running backs in the passing game like we think he should be. And like, I will stand by, you should always include your running back in the passing game. Or was there just not a running back on roster that he wanted to use in the passing game? We know there were two running backs on roster that had the trust to do whatever, but they weren't targeted. Is it also those plays were there, but Anthony Richardson never threw it to the running back because it's also possible that, oh, he's your check down option. And Anthony Richardson's just like, I am my check down option. If, if I don't see it, I'm going. So there's there's a whole bunch of things that go into this. Personally, I think Cameron Carroll will see playing time in this offense. I think that the Florida Gators will use running backs more in the passing attack, whether or not that's because of a scheme change, you have the personnel that you want now, the quarterback change, because it's not just, oh, Anthony Richardson might not like to take the check down or Anthony Richardson might not like to throw to the running back in these situations. You have Graham Mertz who might really like to do that in an offense where, well, he's coming from an offense where the running back was so heavily relied on. Maybe Graham Mertz is going to be like, well, when, I, when I'm in a pickle, I'm just going to check it down. I think that Cam Carroll will be involved. I also want to say for people that I saw some people on Twitter going kick returner dope. Cam Carroll has never returned a kick at the college level. I'm not saying he can't, but I am saying I'm not super stoked about the idea of throwing someone in there who's been in college and just hasn't been a kick returner. But Cam Carroll, I do think will have a role in this offense. I just think that he's someone who can find a spot where it's like, okay, well, we're going to get you involved. We're going to use you as a pass catcher, maybe not a ton as a runner, but we're going to use you as a pass catcher. And it's also another thing where I mentioned, maybe part of it is just going, we're one running back injury away from really being screwed because you've got Montreal Johnson, you've got Trevor Etienne, you have unknowns behind them. So Cam Carroll instantly should slot in to be the third running back on this team. I will also say Cam Carroll, pretty dang good as a pass protector he did that quite a bit at Tulane and I know this isn't the Tulane ad that a lot of Gators fans were hoping for but Cam Carroll was a pass protector quite a bit at Tulane he allowed a few hits here and there I'm not gonna pretend he didn't but no sacks in his career as a pass protecting running back he's a viable receiver he is probably instantly the best pass catcher in this backfield for an offense that I don't think schematically the offense is going to look super different. Uh, I think that you cut out the QB runs and you add more running back passing options there. You add more slot options there and you added someone to your team that can do all of those things that you will ask of him. So this is a great ad, whether or not he contributes, I don't think matters genuinely. Like I've said, I think he will contribute, but even if Cam Carroll doesn't contribute, I'm assuming that's going to be, like again, in foresight here, I'm assuming that's going to be because Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne carried the workload enough where you didn't need to use a third running back. But at certain points, you will use a third running back. That third running back, likely going to be Cam Carroll because he is a do-it-all back. I don't think he's great at anything necessarily, but he's a solid, he's a good pass blocking running back he's a 
good receiving option and he's a solid actual runner. So I think when you're looking at an offense that you're about to, or you already lost your most dynamic playmaker in Anthony Richardson, you need to replace that production somehow. And you can't find one individual that can do that. So how do you do that? You add multiple individuals that can do that. You look at Eugene Wilson underneath. You look at Ricky Pearsall, wherever he is. You look at Aiden Mizell. Get it to him short on these sweeps. Make him your sweep man. Make him your wide receiver screen man and let him run. Stuff like that. You let these players get involved and you let the unit replace the production that you lost from that individual. So that's my thoughts on Cameron Carroll. We're about to talk about Manny Nunnery, but first... The NFL playoffs are here. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel, and we at Lockdown are really excited about the new sports betting partner because it's the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's better. There's plenty of ways to make money. They have a ton of promos and boosts that they run all the time. Uh, great boost for me this week, by the way. They had – it was – Bengals to win and 49ers to win and it was plus 500 if I'm not mistaken and I didn't want to take it because I wanted the Bills to win but I was like hey it's plus 500 and it's very reasonable that like 49ers should have happened Bengals toss up if you get a, a should happen and a toss up at plus 500 guess what you take that. So that's what I did. So thank you for allowing me to make money there. New customers can join, place a $5 bet, and receive $150 in free bets, whether you win or lose. Sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking about Manny Nunnery now, because not only did Florida add a running back from a group of five school and Tulane and uh, Cam Carroll, but they added a linebacker from a group of five school for now in Manny Nunnery. And Manny Nunnery is someone there. I know that the big thing I saw from, or not from him, but about him on, we'll, we'll say Gators Twitter, when he went was that he's a special teams ace. And he is. He's a very good special teams player. He's great in kick coverage, punt coverage, whatever you want to call it. He's good as a special teamer. That's not my favorite part about Manny Nunnery being added to this Florida Gators team. No, my favorite part is the scheme that Manny Nunnery is coming from because Manny Nunnery was, of course, with Houston and their defensive coordinator for the past few years has been Doug Belk. Doug Belk, if you remember, if you've been here long enough, uh, I spoke about Doug Belk when Florida was in the midst of hiring Billy Napier. They hired Billy Napier. He had not yet announced that they were taking Patrick Tony, or sorry, they were, we knew they were hiring Billy Napier, had not yet announced any of the assistants that were coming with him. And so I was talking about who could replace him and Doug, or who could replace the DC. Doug Belk was one of those names. And it felt like I was just repeating myself when I spoke about Patrick Tony in an episode and when I spoke about Doug Belk in an episode, because they're, they're similar defenses schematically. Just looking at, you've got your three down linemen, one stand-up edge rusher. Uh, I believe Doug Belk calls his stand-up edge, edge rusher the bandit. We at Florida call it the jack. You've got your star, your nickel defender, whatever you want to call them. You've got your two linebackers that are off ball and you've got your 
DBs everywhere on the outside and deep safeties. So when we talk about schematically, they're similar just in the fronts that they present. And then on the back end, a lot of quarters coverage. They want to play press. They they want to do these things. And and Doug Belk is not so much of the of the creeper type. He's more of a stunts and twists kind of guy. But it's still a great fit. And when you're a linebacker in this Patrick Tony defense, you have a lot of responsibilities. You do. And Manny Nunnery, I genuinely think will have responsibilities with this Florida Gators defense. Manny Nunnery's got three years of experience. Granted, he's not, you know, he or he hasn't been throughout his career uh, a 65 snap per game kind of guy. I don't need you to be. Because here's the thing. Florida went from having three linebackers that you're cool with playing, or at least for myself, Shamar James, Derek Wingo, Scooby Williams, to now having Shamar James, Derek Wingo, Scooby Williams, Taraja Mitchell, and Manny Nunnery, all I'm um, like, yeah, let, let's get on the field as soon as we can. Jaden Robinson's probably your will linebacker three. Deuce Spurlock probably isn't going to be playing much in 2023. He Deuce Spurlock, of course, the Michigan transfer who came over uh, a few weeks ago, probably wasn't going to be playing much in 2023 to begin with. He was a true freshman last year, so he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year. Probably not going to be playing much in 2023. That's fine. Because one, it's less likely now, but even from the start, he likely wasn't going to play much early on. He was more of one of the guys that you add and you're like, okay, we'll see if we could find a role for you and develop you and make you become what we want you to become. Similar kind of to Caleb Banks, very limited playing time, high ceiling. You're a great athlete. Let's try to put it together. With Manny Nunnery, it's different. You're getting a proven player that has, how many snaps does he have? That has 706 snaps on defense in his career. Three years, by the way. Uh, he was like a, like a, as, as part-time starter last year. We'll say he played in between starter and second string level. Like, like he was like all over the place, not really playing a ton, but... He was there, and he got considerable playing time. The thing with Manny Nunnery that I'm interested in, though, is I'm interested in seeing what his role is going to be. Because with Houston, he would occasionally line up at that banded spot. So he would occasionally be that pass-rushing linebacker. But he would more often than not line up as an off-ball linebacker in the middle. So he would also occasionally play that slot role if there's you know a, a tight end split into the slot or flexed out into the slot he would occasionally line up at the, at the wide corner spot if there's a running back that goes out wide or a tight end that's out wide you could bring the corner somewhere else and then put Manny Nunnery out there based on how he play or based on just just his we'll say where he lined up frequently you're looking at Manny Nunnery as the will you're looking at Manny Nunnery as based on where he lines up similar to Amari Bernie, his play style. First off, I think he's better than Amari Bernie. Uh, I also thought Shamar James was better than Amari Bernie. I thought Amari Bernie was solid in his final season, but not great. But Manny Nunnery is someone who you can line him up all over the field. You can ask him to do multiple things. I think that Manny Nunnery might be used the same way that I talk about. Maybe Chris McClellan should be used in this way by going, okay, where I say Chris McClellan, you could play either three tech or one tech. 
you're not starting either spot, but you are the number two option at both spots. Maybe you do that with Manny Nunnery where you go, hey, maybe you could start at one of the spots. That should be an open battle. I don't think I'm not giving this job to anybody. Uh, I think the only person that I know is going to be starting is Shamar James. I think he's good enough to take it. I also think Derek Wingo is good enough to take it, even though there's competition now. But Manny Nunnery is someone where you can go, hey, you're not starting either spot. It's going to be hypothetically Shamar James, Derek Wingo. Cool. Shamar James and Derek Wingo are starting. Shamar at the will, uh, Derek Wingo at the mic. And you go, okay, Shamar, you're out. Manny's in. And then we have Derek Wingo and Manny Nunnery. And then you go, okay, Shamar, you're back in. Derek Wingo, you're out. And you have Manny Nunnery at the mic and Shamar James back at the will. And you go, okay, now we've got a lot of versatile athletic pieces in this linebacker room. This is no longer a position where you go, holy mackerel, they suck. Now it's a position where you go, we've got the bodies. We've got quite a few proven players, or we've got a couple of proven players, and we've got a few young guys that are on the come up and, and are going to be next in line. Let them battle it out, and, and the strongest will survive that. And that's an approach that I'm comfortable taking. I'm comfortable going, hey, yes, I, I love Shamar James. Yes, I love Derek Wingo. I think they're both awesome. I'm totally fine going, let them play, let them take snaps, and let the best man win. And if that's Manny, if that's Derek, if that's Shamar, if that's Scooby, if that's Jaden Robinson, if that's Taraja Mitchell, if that's Deuce Spurlock, I don't care who it is. Put the best player on that football field. Put your best 11 on the field and let them play. And Manny Nunnery should at least be in the conversation to be on the field at that time. We're about to take a look at the remaining needs for the Florida Gators. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the remaining needs specifically in the transfer portal for the Florida Gators. Yes, the first window is closed. No more players will enter until the second window opens. But that doesn't mean that you stop pursuing players. That doesn't mean that you stop paying attention to the transfer portal. The transfer portal in the second window will likely be, we'll say 80% as bonkers as the first one was. Because you're going to see, I think, quarterbacks get more crazy in the transfer portal than they were, which is saying a lot. But you're going to, maybe not as high-profile names, but in terms of the quantity you're probably going to see more because you're going to see guys who they go, okay, like I went into this battle thing and I'm going to be QB one and now I'm QB two and they go, okay, well I'm going to leave because I'm an upperclassman. I'm going to play. And then you're going to have other guys where it's like, okay, well I went into this battle thinking I'd be QB one or QB two and now I'm QB three and I'm behind a true freshman. And if I'm already losing to him, I'm probably not going to get better than him at any point. So I'm just going to transfer out and you'll see stuff like that. That'll happen at every position, but quarterback is the one where it's most prominent, I think. Um, so what, what does Florida need to address? I think you should add in more offensive line help. I am much more comfortable with our offensive line now with the additions of Damian George and Micah Miskua. I'm much more comfortable with the offensive line now. Can't hurt to add another body. Okay, you've got three scholarship spots remaining on your team, not including any losses after spring practice when Florida loses guys in the second window of the transfer portal. But you've got three spots left. I think one of them should go to the offensive line. Add in a little bit of offensive line help at any position, preferably one that's like, okay, well, I could play all five spots. That's something I'd love to see. Someone where they go, 
yeah, you know, I've mostly played guard, but I played a little bit of tackle. I'm big enough to play. I played a little bit of center. I'm big enough to play tackle. I could do anything you need me to do. Add an offensive lineman that's versatile, a swing player. You're going to need that because in 2022, Richie Leonard the fourth was kind of your swing guy. Now he's projected to be a starter. No more swing guy there. He could probably go from starting left guard to starting right guard, but then you still need a left guard. And then you still need a backup right guard unless Richie Leonard is your backup right guard because he's going to be the next man up. So getting an offensive lineman that can contribute early on, preferably at multiple positions, should be a focal point for Billy Napier, Rob Sale, Darnell Stableton, everybody on this staff should be looking at that. Also, I'm going to say tight end would be nice. I do think that you can add a strong pass-catching tight end to this roster, and they can find playing time early. I like Arliss Boardingham's ceiling. He was injured for the huge majority of 2022, uh, but I like Arliss Boardingham's ceiling. I like Keon Zipper right now. However, Keon Zipper is a good, not great pass-catching tight end. I think that if you add a great or even good, not great tight pass catching tight end that could compete with Keon Zipper, you get a lot more out of both of them. You open up some stuff schematically. If he's, let's say, just as good of a pass catcher as Keon Zipper, but he's a better run blocker, then you play that guy. But yeah, I, I again, I'm saying, I don't think you need a tight end. I would like to see you bring in another one if possible. I think you need another depth offensive lineman. I'm also not sure what is going to be available as far as pass catching tight ends available uh, in, in the portal for the second window, because it's hard as a tight end to break through, which means if it's hard as a tight end to break through the rotation as it is, it's even harder to in this spring or after spring hit the transfer portal and then break into a rotation with a new school and probably a new staff. And I say probably because who knows, maybe you go to a team where, oh, my OC left school, so I went to follow him, which you should have done to begin with. But either way, you've got to break in with a new school, a new staff, maybe a new system, a new scheme, everything you have to break through again. And tight end is probably the hardest position to break through at. So Tight end, as, as nice as it would be, I am more of a sit back and let the freshman learn. But if you can add a pass catching tight end, that's good. If one hits the portal, you pursue him. And the final position, I think you should add someone, safety. Safety was demolished. It was probably the most hurt position through the offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Offense is offensive tackle or quarterback, obvious, honestly. Honestly, quarterback, because it's the most important position. But position group i don't know it's qb o-line and safety were the three that were depleted the most through this offseason so adding another safety also can't hurt but it's also just a huge benefit because if you add in a guy who's an experienced starter or an experienced player even who wasn't a starter but he played a lot then you can add him in and you can go okay can you learn this defense quickly can you pick up your role quickly can you earn playing time quickly because we've got a lot of young guys on this team and it's really hard to step into the sec and be a safety especially in this defense like it's hard enough as it is it's harder to do it in a defense that relies so much on your safeties 
being smart and being versatile. So if you can add an experience safety in the portal, do that and bring in a guy. Even if he's like a special teams guy that's an average starter, add him and, and just bring in some talent to your secondary because Lord knows as good as this recruiting class was, you could always use more talent in the secondary, right? At least that's my approach to it. Maybe that's because I'm a secondary guy, but that's my approach to it. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more about your Florida Gators. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work at Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.